Welcome to the Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, there may be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we're going to do our best to let you know that they're coming. This week, we're reviewing Devs, a trippy new show about a mysterious tech company, directed by Alex Garland, who wrote and directed Ex Machina and Annihilation. Okay, as always, this is a plea to rate and review us on the podcast app of your choice. It supposedly helps, but we wouldn't know. What'd you do in pop culture this week, Justin? I got a lot. Um, I watched Hillary, the new uh, documentary about Hillary Rodham Clinton on Hulu. Uh, It is four parts. It is definitely worth watching. Um, I I feel like it... I'm not going to say it's hagiography, because it definitely does not do the sort of... Uh, crazy praise of Hillary as a candidate um, that you'd expect. And and that's what I like about it. But I will say she also doesn't really ever admit a ton of fault on her own part, which I found very interesting. It's very much um, this went wrong and this went wrong. I was shocked. And all of that to me added up to women having no path to power in this country which is something we've talked a lot about and like i i talked to my mom about this documentary she hadn't seen it and i i said oh have you watched hillary like i started it. it's interesting my mom who's you know an 80 something in montclair in california and oakland in the hills said oh i read an article about it she's kind of a broken woman and she'll never listen to this so i can talk about this honestly and i thought like that is a terrible journalism (laughs) and be like just the epitome of you not digging in to understand some of the reasons why this was her only kind of feeling of agency to power here was like, of course we don't want to, you know, nepotism kind of situation. Like we, we don't want to be the bushes where it's more like handing down power to like spouses and kids and whatever. But there are not a lot of avenues, as we've just seen from, like, Elizabeth Warren and many other women in this primary. Um, so I I think it's fascinating. I think it's kind of required watching for that point. She's also super funny. Um, also, it was really nice to see her and Bill dealing with transgressions, whatever, I hate that word. It sounds so silly. But dealing with all their marital problems in a very personal but private way and sort of being like it's kind of none of your business kind of none of your business and just being reminded of that and seeing how much kind of like i mean i don't want to say like how much he cares okay. about her because that's actually not even the point to a certain um, point it's kind of none of our business if it crosses a line into illegal behavior then it's our business yes. but his indiscretions Outside of his marriage with consenting women, it's kind of none of our business. I know. So, yeah. and I respect their feelings yeah. on that. I really, I know that this thing has some triggering aspects for you. Um, I would love your thoughts on it. I know. Yeah. I mean, I only watched some of it, and it was in Clinton's presidency, while also a source of, you know, strangely pride and and uh, sparking. Hope, hope for um, for me at the time. It it holds now 
a lot of memories of my cousin Adam, who uh, campaigned for Bill and Hillary Clinton and ended up working in the Treasury Department as a speechwriter and then was on Ron Brown's plane that went down in Dubrovnik as they were on basically a goodwill mission after the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Um, And it is hard for me to separate watching anything about that time from remembering how excited Adam was and from remembering all of our conversations. Now, those aren't necessarily bad memories, but sometimes it's hard for me to know that he's not here anymore. And so this wasn't something that I can super watch as one whole piece. I will probably be able to watch pieces of it along the way, but I it's got to be a headspace thing for me. And um, I can tell you I have met Hillary Clinton on a couple of occasions. She is an incredibly warm and incredibly funny woman. Um, she's, she's also so funny. very poised and has very good handlers because I can tell you she knew my name. She knew a little bit about me. She knew how to connect me to Adam. This was at Adam's funeral. She gave uh, one of the, the eulogies and let allowed me to throw myself in her arms and snot on her probably $800 cashmere jacket and then <laughs> walk into a cathedral next to her and her social and her special, uh, special service agents. So a very kind, warm woman who could have put me at arm's length and very much did not. Um, now, she knows my aunt and uncle well and knows my family in a way that I'm sure that that may not be how she treats everyone. But I can say that I feel like she's depicted well in the small amount that I watched. And, um, I mean, I have more complicated feelings about Bill Clinton than I do about Hillary Clinton. Um, absolutely. I think that's fair. And I think the documentary does a pretty good job of like delineating that. Yeah. And I feel uh, like, you know, credit and to her honor. Yeah. I wish he was the guy that he has been in the last 10 years the whole time. I wish he was the guy that, that, that you watch really enjoying balloons falling from the sky. Right. But I don't, think that he was that guy for a long time and those are my complicated feelings we're imagining Winona Ryder watching ghosts watch yeah exactly the same thing where (laughs) yes exactly um I finished uh visible on apple tv the five-part documentary about uh queer visibility throughout the history of television I raved about this before I think it's really strong um it you know, it jumps around a bit, which is a little weird. You're constantly like, I don't know. I wish these had a little more focus. They don't feel like intensely focused as episodes. Um, but I will say I have a funny little social media story. Uh, a tiny I, little triumph? A tiny little triumph, but kind of an embarrassment for me, too, was that I finished this show, I thought, and tweeted, hey, I love this documentary. I didn't even think I said that. I said, hey, I just watched Visible. Why is Wilson Cruz and my so-called life not included in this, you know, wrap-up of queer history on TV? I didn't even, like, tag him. You did, actually. What you said was, even though they interviewed at Wilson Cruz. Yes, but I didn't, like, tag him on Twitter. Yeah, you did. I don't think I'd use his... Yeah, you did. Did I? Yeah, you said at Wilson Cruz. Okay. Um, Maybe I did. I tried to, and then it didn't work, and I couldn't find him, so I didn't. I thought. Um, Anyways, the point is Wilson Cruz said... And I never get any kind of any like celebrity response. And he said, 
I don't know what he said. LOL. Yes, I am. It's episode three. Yes. And then did a winky. I got a winky face. Like, Wilson Cruz winked at From me. From Ricky. <laughs> I mean, come on. Ricky um, winked at you. And so I went back and watched that episode, which somehow I had completely missed the entire episode, which was mostly about the whole framing of that episode is about HIV and sort of how it changed um, and AIDS and how it changed gay depiction on television. Uh, it got to, I'm going to give you some spoilers for Visible. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, it got to that point where they talk about my so-called life. Uh, Ricky Wilson basically talks, Ricky Wilson, Wilson Cruz talks about, uh, the fact that the creator of that show, Winnie, whatever her name is, Winnie something, um, basically did all of, a lot of the character writing around those actors. Wilson Cruz had been that she'd filmed the pilot of the show he had decided that if the show had gotten picked up he was going to come out to his family Aww. the show got picked up his father abandoned him oh my god and threw him out of the house and as the show went on the creator of the show winnie and i'm so sorry whatever i remember I her first name she basically was so invested in these kids' lives that she, with his consent, wrote this into the storyline. So all of that about Ricky was Wilson's real story. Um, and he was not talking to his father, according to him, uh, until the episode where basically Angela's mom, Patty, takes him into her house because he's been kicked out. Patty. And he's, it's sort of the end. And Wilson Cruz talks on this documentary about... He got a call from his father the night that episode aired <laughs> and basically saying, we need to talk. And they reconnected. Um, it's such a crazy testament to how good that show was, how awesome Wilson Cruz is. And I'm sorry I missed your episode, <laughs> but I caught up. Uh, wow. I just, I really, yeah. I mean, there are moments like that, right? And Do he you talked- know that Sharon Horgan wrote for My So-Called Life? No way. Yep. That's amazing. I'm trying to find the, I all I have is the director. Yeah, it's um, a show creator. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll keep talking. Um, so moving on, I saw Beanpole, which was Russia's, uh, I got a lot this week. Uh, this was Russia's submission to the Oscars for Best Foreign Film. It was very controversial. I am blanking on the director's name. I should do better research. It is about uh, post-World War II uh, Leningrad and women that are uh, both kind of on the front lines and also sort of nurses in hospitals after the war. Uh, it is really kind of brutal to watch. It's very slow. It's very disturbing. It would trigger so much of your parental empathy stuff in a way that I don't ever want you to watch this movie because it has a horrible child death. It is like one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, It is really interesting in that it is about queer desire in Russia. It was basically banned... Uh, not banned, but like super protested against by whatever the Russian like you know moral majority is as being sort of sympathetic to like queer figures being patriotic and sort of helping in the war and the recovery efforts. Still, somehow got submitted to the uh, the Oscars. So I think it's a very interesting like kind of look at how fractured Russia is today. The director is very young. He's a guy. I don't know whether he's queer, um, but it's very sympathetic to these women. Um, it's it's fascinating. It is dismal. Um, 
I, I sort of recommend when you're in a good headspace, maybe watching it on, you know, something. It is also beautifully shot. Uh, it's, it's gorgeous to look at. That's Beanpole. Um, amazing. Wait. Yes. Wenny Holtzman. Holtzman. It was something like that. Um, amazing stories. Apple TV. I, uh, okay. Amazing stories. I have very fond memories of amazing stories as a kid. I loved all that Spielberg shit. I was in the pocket. I remember even at the time thinking, is this it for me with Spielberg? Like, like, (laughs) I don't know when I was 14 or 15 thinking this is like bad Spielberg, right? Um, This show has a touch of that in both the best and worst ways. It's very Amblin-y. The first episode, uh, it's called The Cellar. It's about two brothers that are like repairing a house in God knows where. And one of them goes down into the cellar, which turns out in, sorry, spoilers for Amazing Stories. I'm just going to do it because it's one episode. It's anthology. It's very silly. When there's a derecho, which is a once every 10 years storm, the barometer drops and something about the cellar turns into a time machine. So one of the brothers gets sent back into the past and, of course, very quickly, in a slightly disturbing way, falls in love with a woman from the past who's like a jazz singer who should basically, uh, you know, be able to, like, express herself, but this time isn't allowing her to. So his whole goal is to bring her into his present, her future. Yeah, that'll go well. Yeah. It's really patronizing. It is really, like, the worst version of, like, jazz bow, uh, you know, La La Land, like, saving. There's something really gross and then at the meantime they're like he has a gay brother like his brother is sort of a you know tertiary character tertiary character side character that's uh gay and talks about his husband a lot and so it's very sort of you know the modern version of amazing stories but it reminds me of some of the worst of like spielberg always we accept you we accept you yeah it is it's very silly it's very on the nose um why does barometric pressure become a time machine i don't know like they don't even there's like they're just like okay that's because yeah um there's even a thing where basically spoilers again where rearranging the room somehow changes the barometric pressure and changes the time machine it's very it's very silly i did not like this and yet i watched it it might be the time that we're in it's been a little stressful time as we can all attest to I sort of just watched this whole thing for an hour and grumbled about it, but sort of also enjoyed it. And I hope that it is better than Twilight Zone and just continues to do different kinds of things. But I'm not optimistic. Yeah, I wish you good luck with that, Hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched a little bit of The End of the Fucking World, which we talked about. I don't know if we talked about it last week, but... We did, um, just because did. in comparison to yeah. I Am Not Okay With This and that it was on my best of list. And, yep. yeah. Same uh, comic book creator, same director. Uh, this is the same team. There are two seasons of it. It's on Netflix. Uh, it is much more the serial killer version of this. Not even serial killer. No, like they're not serial Bonnie, killers. Bonnie they're... and Clyde yeah. version of this versus... Uh, Psychopathic Bonnie yeah, and Clyde. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. This show is very well done. The music is great. Uh, the acting is really terrific. Um, it's very stabby. I did not like that. Um, I There's don't know that I can stabby. watch a second season of it. Like, I'm just not... Second season is so much better, Justin! I don't know. It's just... You just I... have to get there. The only way is through. I know. The only way is through when right. you have to get there because it is so much better and it is so poignant and beautiful. And I would not 
push you toward it if I didn't actually think that it really is worth it. And our good friend of the pot, Amy Hyde, said the same thing, so I gotta just keep pushing through. Picard, um, I got a lot. I said it. I'm gonna keep talking. Uh, I was basically saying to someone this week, I'm just going to cancel my CBS access. I don't care that much about Picard and stupid Riker and stupid Troy on their stupid organic space (laughs) farm. And I was like, I'm not going to renew my credit card. My free trial's over. Fuck you. Wait, they're on the same farm? Oh, yeah. They're married and have a kid. Oh, that's adorable. What what are you you getting at over there? I don't know. It's just very cute. (laughs) So I started watching it. I was all my hackles were up. My, my nostalgia blocker hackles, and I was crying by the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, God damn it. I love Jean-Luc Picard, and I love everything he stands for, and I love his dumbass ragtag crew, even when they're pandering to me with nostalgia. I am a sucker. I'm going to pay for at least a month of the show because I want to finish Picard. I will say, I think I bitched about it last week, so I know this is very inconsistent, um, much like Star Trek was always inconsistent. I feel like this is one of the better Star Trek shows that has been on television. Deep Space Nine still the best. Come at me. Um, all right. That's at Justin Hart Tongue. One more thing. I'm sorry. I'm talking so much this week, uh, which should tell you a little bit of our main topic. Um, but I want to play one new song from a band, Clem Snide. Uh, they're a band dumbass that's name. dumbass name. Keeping it, keeping it, Justin. Uh, they were late nineties, early aughts uh, band that I really liked. That made a couple great albums early on, and sort of have faded out a little bit. They have a new album. It's their first in a while called Forever Just Beyond. This song is called Some Ghost. Um, I just think they're very smart and very thoughtful. And I just love his voice and his songwriting. So let's take a listen. Also, you haven't kissed up to my mom in a while. After the rumble, we'll find a spot to nurse our wounds. Please don't push so hard. Try not to mumble, because my ears are shot. And it's too dark It's too dark for anybody here But I've no choice but to try Some ghost trapped in our heads Some ghost trapped in our head. After we stumble, we'll find a part our story told. Please go and tell your own. Try not to tumble. The path is dark and sometimes steep, too steep for anybody here but us with no choice. All right, that was Clem Snide, some ghosts. Claudia goes right out to you. Um, <laughs> Just don't make a kissy noise. Uh, I'm trying to do my old man jack. It's, I'm failing. Uh, what, do, what do we both do? 
RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> hey, Justin, where do you think Sherry Pie got her name? Um, from Sherry Vine, the very famous drag queen from New York, whose name it's it rhymes with and sounds like, or is that not it? That's not it. You want to know why? Uh, because from, it wait, sounds like Cherry Pie. Oh, like from the Warrant song? The metal, the fake hair metal song? No. No. <laughs> just Cherry Pie. All right. Tell us about Cherry Pie and tell us about the RuPaul season two. <laughs> Cherry Pie is in some trouble. And if you watch RuPaul Drag Race, Drag's Race, wow, if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race season 10, episode two, there I got it all out, you will see a 20 second like black screen announcement that Sherry Pie is not going to be in the um, live finale because she's bad and done wrong. They don't tell you shit else. Except that all the other queens put in a lot of hard work, so which basically means our editors couldn't figure out a way to edit around this bullshit because actually she made it to the finale, so you figured this shit out. It was like a full-on trigger warning. Right, it was. It was. I thought my screen had frozen. It went on so long. I kid you not. It's like 20, 25 seconds, which is a long time. I haven't even been talking 20, 25 seconds, and I'm already sick of myself. So um, anyway, it turns out that Sherry Pie got in some trouble for catfishing people by pretending that she was a casting agent for a Broadway show. It is complicated. I could barely follow it. Super complicated. I didn't really follow it, except that I saw all of the uh, headshots of the people that she catfished, and she was obviously just trying to get laid a lot. Yeah. And she has a type. Um, anyway, moving on from that, we meet... Um, Several more queens, some of them who say, gee, they're, they're pulling some season six stuff, which means Wait that minute, like though. they've Let's done this up. before. Let me back up one thing. Oh, sure. Yes. I mean, it's super gross. No, it's disgusting. Yeah. And it's going to be really weird to watch this show. Yeah. Knowing she does really knowing well. She's like essentially like a sexual har- like harasser. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is sexual harassment. Like, cold stop. Like, this is, well, we don't talk about this enough in gay culture. And I here's like I raise that a little what bit. I like, no, I, I absolutely think yeah. that's good. Well, here's what I don't understand is that, OK, they cannot edit around her wins and things like that. But they could have edited her, edited her in the moments where she talks about other queens in the room Yeah, when they're naked. They could have cut those out. Oh, that's true. That does they happen. They could have talked. They could have cut out her talking about other yeah. men and how they're snacks. Yeah. And I know that you know that's part of Drag Race, and they all talk about each other and Kiki and all of that. But it's usually done in good fun, knowing what we know. I'd have edited out the end uh, in the moment. Easy, fast yeah. thing to do. I agree. Yeah. 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 So it's gonna be a little weird. Yeah. Which is. Be- Upsetting because we were so positive about the first episode. I know. Um, yeah. I didn't like the second team at as much. all. There was a couple. I liked yeah. two of them. Yeah. It was so interesting. So. The first one I thought was so yep. friendly and compelling and fun. Like, I'm just kind of like, and these ones, the second episode. Just right. Like, and they were so catty and mean to each other. Yeah, and the only two that I liked were kind of mean to, you know, everybody was kind of mean to them um, until poor... Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots um, said, oh, I love. "Yeah, oh no, I love desperately." But it wasn't until she said, "Look, I don't like being in charge of things because my mother told her I was the reason she was a drug addict that anybody was nice to her." You know, it was like, and she, also the reason that I'm a drug addict is because of you, which right? That's just, what I mean, and yeah, it's like that was brutal. so I don't like being in charge because I'm afraid of letting people down, yeah. and it's like. 
Also, she hadn't done anything up to that point to deserve you guys being as mean to her as you I had know. been. And and I also liked um, the the scary one. I can't think of. Oh name no, either. she's fun. She was a lot of fun. Yeah, really with her liked. giant eyebrows. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, tall I enjoyed eyebrows. that. And yeah. her bowler hat. Yeah. I enjoyed her. Yeah. The rest of them can kind of take a hike. Yeah. Totally so, agree. I want those two to go on the other team, yep. and then I'll be, I'll be good, right? And then get rid of the just edit out the sexual harasser, right? Yeah. Well, at least the in the, in the minutes, I don't in the moment interviews. I don't understand why they didn't fix that. Yeah. Well, did you? Um, I read a lot of books. Yay for books! Yeah, making well, up for me. Graphic novels, I guess. Um, I went ahead and read uh, I Am Not Okay With This, the graphic novel, um, which is, by the way, super different from the show and not in an uplifting way. I've heard. Um, Very different ending, very minimal uh, graphics. This is like practically stick figures. Really? Um, Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Same with uh, The End of the Fucking World, which I have also started. very simple characters. It's much more about the dialogue and the and the voiceover. Um, I am not okay with this. Is probably one of the most depressing graphic novels I've ever read, and I read Stitches. <laughs> so, Stitches not uplifting. Great, not uplifting. I almost wish the show had gone ahead and followed this as closely as I feel like they're following the end of the fucking world, because that is dead on it's it's super close they took very few liberties they completely changed i am not okay with this and i think it would have been a more interesting show in the same way that end of the fucking world is more interesting and not is much more original i'm not okay with this look the acting's great it's fine but it has carrie baked into it it had there is not a lot of original ideas or content in I am not okay with this. The reason it is enjoyable is because of the performances, because of the music, because of the feel of it, not because of the true originality. If they had followed, now they'd only get one season, spoiler alert, they'd only get one season. Does but, the show, I'm sorry, does the book feel less Carrie and Stephen King? So less Carrie. It's, it's okay. not so, I mean, she has this talent. It's very much not the point of the book. Okay. Interesting. At all. So, and... You should read it at some point. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it'll take you an hour. It's yeah. not a long read. It's... There is some... There are some heartbreaking things in it, which is interesting when you're watching basically, you know, like, line animation. But, um... I just... I, I do have a little hope for the character, without going into spoilers, that I am glad that they're exploring. I, I hope that you. it's not just a second season of, like completely just punishing her because i'm tired like watching visible and thinking about this like i'm just like i'm tired of queer characters getting punished relentlessly on tv now her punishment in the book is very much more herself because she can't control yeah the power which is a essentially a suit like i mean right i mean no spoilers but like that's what you're saying to me is like the old trope of like turning your anger well, that on is, yourself. Her father had the same yes. talent. It is why her ta- her father killed himself. Right, right. Okay. Um, and that is way more right. gone into in the book. And much more important. It is more, much more the discovery of herself and her father. And um, anyway, I just thought it would be interesting if they had followed it more closely. There's not a lot of outs if right. you follow the book. Right. 
that was spoilery non-spoilers I could be. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> um, nice job. And as I said, I just I've started End of the Fucking World. I'm about a halfway through it. It 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 follows the show much more closely. I find the fact that it is this super simple animation very interesting because usually for me the only reason I read graphic stuff is like the usually the things that touch me are the dialogue, but I I couldn't imagine ever picking up a comic that I knew was written this simply. Right. Even though I'm not a you know I, I'm not a visual artist, but it's interesting to me that it still manages to affect me even though it's super simple. Right. Animation or draw line drawing. Uh, I started Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. This is a ghost story about a haunted motel. It's told in from 1982, woman disappears. In 2017, her niece basically is reliving, trying to figure out what happened to her and reliving her, uh, retracing her steps. I'm only about 25% into it. Simone St. James looks, I've, I've read a couple of her books. She's a decent writer. Um, she writes lots of kind of eerie novels. She wrote Broken Girls, which was a big hit a couple of years ago. I am enjoying this. I'm not far enough into it to tell you if it's actually any good. And then I have a check-in with Lone Star 911. Of course, bring it on. Lone Star 911 has now brought Cancer Dog into the um the firehouse. Cancer Dog is a dog that was donated to science because it had cancer, the same type of cancer that Rob Lowe has and is getting the same treatment that just slows down t- tumors that Rob Lowe is getting. And when he found out that most of the dogs get to go home, but some of them just stay at the clinic where they're treated very kindly, mind you, but he decided that he would bring Cancer Dog, whose name is Buttercup, into the firehouse because it was like a symbol of hope and also he would have a good home and also may Maybe they'd finally get Fanny to cry. They have not yet. And of course, Rob Lowe's son never loved you anyway, you stupid dog, because I'm not going to fall in love with one more thing and then have it die. This is lines of dialogue. I am, I'm actually not like blowing this out of proportion. He says, I, you brought this stupid, slobbery, brown-eyed thing in this house and make me fall in love with it, and now I'm going to lose it. He's screaming at Rob Lowe. The, this is dialogue from the show. I am not making it up. What are Cancer Dog's odds of making it through the season? They're, Probably not real great, except that Son gets, right after he decides to accept Cancer Dog because he can love him even if he's probably, if he may lose him, just like his dad, walks into a room and gets shot right in the fucking chest. Goes into a coma, which he doesn't come out with until halfway through the next episode. And, you know, his his hot cop boyfriend has to hold his hand after Rob Lowe says, do you want to come in? Because everybody's very accepting. <laughs> Fucking crazy, right? And Murphy jerks off in the background. Sorry, yeah. Also, little... it does smack down a, a gender reveal party, which was nice. very funny. And uh, Hoyt Judd—that's what we call uh, Hoyt from True Blood, who's now Judd on this show. Right. Uh, he makes a funny comment about hating gender reveal parties, and <laughs> it was very good. Also, Liv Tyler did not get her dad's genes. Can't sing, but they let her do it anyway. <laughs> So is that this, is my nine one one update. Is it still a Ryan Murphy joint? Yes, it's still a Ryan Does Murphy he direct joint. Any of them? I don't like know. He's got his name oh, on him. God, I hope not. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you never know. The man does some trash. I mean, this your descriptions of this. I'm like way more want to watch it. Um, well, you I think I just want to hear you talking. You about just it. want the Lone yeah, Star check in. That's all you in. want. You want to hear about bull stuff. You don't actually want to watch this show. It is terrible. I am advising you all not to watch it so it will get canceled so that I can stop watching it. 
We will continue to. Oh, it did self-reference the original nine one one this week too. They talked about uh, there was this guy in Los Angeles who got a piece of rebar through his head and he was back to work in a month. And that's Chimney, who's awesome, and we love you, Chimney. And Parker and I both cheered, Chimney. I'm anticipating, um, you know, a crossover YouTube TV like. Expanding universes of everybody talking about uh, all the 911 franchises. <laughs> it's on Hulu, so it won't mess up our. Okay. Nine, uh, good, good. Um, all right. Should we move on to our main topic? Yeah, let's. Devs. Save me from myself. Uh, this is Devs. Writer director Alex Garland uh, is behind this new FX show, which is currently airing on Hulu, and I assume FX. Uh, Nick Offerman plays the head of a giant tech company that's working on a mysterious new project. The show is about these two employees that are a couple um, who seek to uncover what the company's really up to. We've decided no spoilers. There have only been two of these that have dropped, um, even though it's very much out there and uh, spoiled if you read pretty much anything. Uh, without spoilers, what do you think about devs? Very quickly, I do not think it is also showing on FX. I think it is part of its new development oh. deal with FX because FX has now joined Hulu. All of FX's uh, catalog that used to be either on Amazon Prime or Netflix now only airs on Hulu. So go. I think it's their first like Hulu joint. FX joint, okay. and they are not dropping it on FX. Just okay. for anybody looking for it there, you may not find it. That's all. Um, what did I think? I think Nick Offerman needs a real bad haircut, and it's distracting, and it really bothers me. It's so true. Yeah, I, I sent you a picture of it, and you said, who's that? Which, I mean, okay, face, face blindness, blindness well, but also you love Nick Offerman, I know. and it, I think it even said devs on the thing. <laughs> but anyway. Didn't know he was in it. Wow. I don't follow news until something comes out. Wow, okay. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, I'm, I'm a little floored. Um, <laughs> look, this is a pretty show to watch. It's engaging in that it's weird and it's incredibly well minimalistically acted by most everyone except for the lead actor who's really not good lily she's not great i don't care i don't even know her real name i won't since i'm not praising her i won't look it up um but i think my feeling is that eventually this is gonna go down into the world of eating its own tail and i'm not gonna be super interested um there there were a couple of great scenes, usually with tertiary characters just kind of slinging shit at each other that were really funny. But the main mystery is interesting enough that I'm going to keep watching it, but I don't know that there's a lot of there there. What'd you think? Yeah, I'm kind of with you, and I'm disappointed because I loved Ex Machina and I loved oh, Annihilation. So yep. Turns out he wrote, like... The novel of the beach. We didn't know this until tonight. He wrote the screenplay for 28 Days Later. Uh, he's definitely a very accomplished guy. I, again, like both of those movies. Ah, so the first episode, I was pretty intrigued. I thought that was a very good, really oh, totally good mystery agree. pilot. Yep. We watched the second episode, and without going into spoilers, it it lays out too much yep. like of kind of what's happening. Well, and it's just an exposition machine it everybody is. just and blah and just in case you didn't pick up anything that just yeah. happened in the last five minutes of narrative i will spit it back out at you in dialogue yeah and, and if it's... you're gonna serve up this sort of serious christopher nolan inceptiony whatever alex garlandy sort of pretentious dialogue like just keep the mystery going for yeah. a little longer that's the thing we're here for it's like where is this going i mean maybe 
this will twist in unexpected ways. But I'm kind of with you in that if it doesn't, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this series. Because the dialogue's snappy. It's well-written. It's funny. funny. But it's like... I did say to you... Yeah, I got that. Like, he does have a nice sense of black comedy about tech and surveillance and all of that kind of stuff is funny. And I'm hoping that he has more up his sleeve than what already seems like it's sort of been revealed in episode two. Um, But... It is beautiful. This whole mystery project, I think without too much spoilers, is sort of in a space um, that is something out of like a Stanley Kubrick. Oh, it's visually stunning. Visually like trippy. Like you feel like you're taking drugs watching it. I really enjoyed all of that. I really do love Offerman as terrible as his haircut is. I think I said to Fanny at some point, are they going to give him a haircut? Is that going to be like some big like character change moment? Because I don't want to look at him anymore. It is pretty bad. Um, the rest of the cast, not great. Um, not very memorable. Um, I do appreciate that there are a few like really side characters so far that are very diverse. There's yep. a couple of people that you've seen that have been in a billion other things, yep. including Alison Pill, who I actually like. And, uh, a guy whose name I'm forgetting is an old theater vet who plays, you know, one of the fellow or like fellow project people that's uh, very funny. And he has this relationship with a young, snotty programmer kid. And you listen dialogue. to Coltrane and Bach, yeah. then you ain't shit. Yeah. I mean, there's some <laughs> funny stuff in this. And it's like, I hope it's going somewhere interesting. And I hope this second episode was a bit of a fake out. Like, oh, right. you think you have it figured out. We're because we're telling it. you everything that's happening. Yeah. If not, then I'm not going to be that excited about this show. Yeah. I get, I yeah. super co-sign that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, but we will check in in a couple of weeks after we've seen more. Yes. There's only been two episodes. This yeah. show could be the next buzzy, lost Westworld, whatever, or it could fizzle into... Uh, nothingness like so much terrible noise. Yeah. Um, so if you want to talk to us about uh, that show, Devs by Alex Garland, you can get us at the next podcast on Facebook. You can email us. It's so old school, I know. Maybe we should start a Slack channel at motionx at gmail.com. If you'd like a Slack channel, email us. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, Twitter. Tweet <laughs> at Twitter. us. Um, you can also follow us at the next podcast on Twitter. I'm at Justin Hartung on Twitter. I'm at Fanny V. Darling. Also, I'm at Justin Hartung on Spotify. So if you like my music uh, choices that I play here, just follow me. And I make all those playlists public. I sort of add every song that I talk to, talk about here onto the playlist. So follow me if you want. Claudia. See you next week.